0: And I think, you know, some people stay because of they have children, they have bills. And I understand that. But I think at some point that feeling of frustration and depression and that's not healthy. That's that's not healthy. And, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that, like, yes, uh, I found my fit. And, you know, not everything's rosy. Like I have days, um, but I've never had that feeling of waking up and just being like, I hate it. like so i would encourage anyone that is having those feelings or those doubts to really sit back and really reflect on like their purpose what it is that they necessarily want to do Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to to go after that like i think sometimes people just need the push for, for that to happen and yeah i think i think it's a beautiful thing when you're able to a find your fit or step out on faith and go somewhere else
1: The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, And you wanna build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's gonna take community and it's gonna take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play podcast where I get to interview my boss friends about their career journey from corporate America, life transitions, and what self-actualization actually means to all of us, right? Right. So I'm really excited because I have a really special guest, someone who's been along my journey with me. And I get to ask him all the questions about his life journey so we can get to know his career um, and his career aspirations as well. So without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Absolutely. First, thank you for having me here. Um, For those, my name is Michael Conley. I got the pleasure of meeting Ari. Back in 20, had to be around like 2014, 2015, yeah. yeah. during that time, um, just had graduated from college uh, at Indiana University um, and made the transition to Minneapolis, where we had the pleasure of working together at Target. I uh, was there for a little, about two and a half years. Um, and for me, I'm sure we'll get through this in a little deeper in the, throughout the the podcast here, um, knew I wanted to kind of make a transition in my life to work somewhere that I was truly passionate about somewhere that I had always like been connected to in regards to just like my childhood, um, in regards to the sport and sneakers. Um, and then from there, just from target made the transition to, to, to go work for Nike. Um, I've been with the brand now for a little over six years. I've been very fortunate enough to, to have a very, uh, multitude of experiences and different functions in different areas within the organization um, that has led me to live in New York City um, and then down in the DMV specifically in Baltimore, um, and which has actually also taken me back to New York City. Um, but very blessed to, to be working for a company that I always wanted to work for, um, where I'm able to blend like passion as well as like purpose and combination um, which is like something I love to, to do and work for. That's just a little bit about me, but I'm sure we'll go a little bit more in depth with uh, throughout the next hour or so.
1: Yeah. You know what's really interesting? You you said that you love to work for, the, you said, I've been working for the brand for yeah. eight years. And nobody introduces their, like, experience at their company that right. way. I know mean, you did say company at some point, but you really, it, it, it starts to dawn on you, like, Nike really is a brand. But right. n- not only that, you, you resonate with the brand. Right. And so many times like we we feel like we are just kind of minions of a company. So Absolutely. Do you, how do you um how do you feel now that you've worked you've worked at a, you know, corporation which had a great culture. I would say Target had a great culture. But how do you feel like that transition has been going from company to brand?
0: Yeah. You know, I think it's been a really smooth, natural progression and transition for me, necessarily, um, just because I felt like Nike, in a sense, has been a part of my life since I was a child. Like, the connection to sport, the connection to sneaker culture. um, Just in regards to, like, just the aspect of, like, community, I feel like within like the sneaker culture, there's like credibility that you're already establishing in regards to, like, oh, I have the- these on my feet or I own this within the collection. And I think for me, like it just felt like a very smooth, um, natural fit when I left Target to then go to Nike at that point in time. And I will say like over the past six years, it's, it still feels like day one. Um, and granted, don't get me wrong, there's always moments within your career where there's questions and, and stuff. Um, that may arise but i feel like in regard to like fit and me being able to be my authentic self i find that at nike which is a nice balance whereas like in some traditional corporate settings a lot of times you really can't go to work like this mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this is how i go to work and it's yeah. appropriate it's acceptable it's authentic in their sense of like me being who i am um, and they embrace that and i feel like that was for me was really important finding a place that Embraced all aspects of me in regards to like my background, my race, like the culture, the community, all those things as well. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that because I think a lot of times you you know well like in regards to like friends, sometimes they feel like they're just going to a job necessarily just to go. Whereas like for me, I, I, I love it like the culture, um, the, the, the 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 connections and the people that I meet, the network that I've established there. Has really been you know transformative in regards to me from a personal as well as professional standpoint as well
1: yeah you speak very purpose-filled even though we're talking about um, not even even though it's like you give another layer to the corporate hustle right which everyone talk- only gives one lens to yeah um, and to work for a brand and to resonate with the brand and even to experience it at the levels you've experienced it from a relationship and um, being able to bring your full authentic self to work it all, to me, it means that you have to be great at what you do, right,
0: right? Right, absolutely. And
1: when I met you at Target, so so when I met you at Target, um, what was your role?
0: Yeah, so um, and it's interesting you ask that because I, I will say I tell a lot of individuals this all the time at Nike relative to my experience at Target is that it was very foundational and I'm always thankful for that experience. I think that it really unlocked the potential in, in me relative to just like, understanding corporate america understanding retail understanding the consumer which is a lot of the things that were able to translate into what i do today mm. um in regards to what i did at target um they had like a a business analyst like kind of like quote-unquote rotational program coming into it uh, which is ironic and funny kind of the story on how this all transpired me actually ended up m- moving to minneapolis necessarily is upon graduation, I already had another job lined up and I wasn't really looking for any other opportunities and it wasn't going to take me to Minneapolis. The job at that point in time was taking me to to Michigan back back home. Mm -hmm. Um, But just ironically, I connected with this recruiter and she was just like, how do you feel about Minneapolis? How do you feel about Target? And I was like, uh, like, it sounds good. But I wasn't like, I already knew what I was going to be doing um, after, after school. And from that initial conversation, so probably like two months after when I first met her, I had gone to Minneapolis, final round interview, accepted an offer and was like, all right, I'm moving to Minneapolis. And I say that because a lot of times I find for me as a person that I'm at my best when I'm in uncomfortable situations. I didn't know anyone in Minneapolis. I had no intention of going to necessarily work for Target. But I think that from a personal as well as professional standpoint has really led me and put me on the path to where I am today. So I always, I will never like, Discredit or downplay it. I, I acknowledge, and I'm th- I'm thankful for that because I do think that like, I don't know without that if I would be where I am today. So, mm-hmm. I think that was a very like pivotal moment for me coming out of school and just having that experience and even just on a like a personal standpoint like meeting you and all of our friends and just that that community I think is always something that I think back on Um, but yeah so um, I know that was a little bit of a tangent but I I think it was just really important to say um, but in the role there was just like a really foundational um entry-level business analyst role but the really nice part about it is like as you know I, I think at the time it was like either six to eight weeks of like training on the job training where yeah. you were like in the in the classes really learning all things about like inventory metrics and sell-through and, and just different things like that um and I thought that I was like it was very critical to really truly understand that um which has been really played out to my benefit down the road um but it was nice because during the time at Target, I had the opportunity of working in many, many different divisions or pyramids at the time. Um, started out in uh, like team sports and fan apparel and then moved over into skateboards, scooters, inline skates, luggage, travel accessories. And then from there, pivoted into home. Mm-hmm. And it was just really nice to have experience in different with different product lines, import, domestic, different vendors. Um but I'm thankful, like I said, I'm very, very much so thankful for that experience. And uh, I think that um, sometimes you, when you do leave a company, a lot of times the grass is always greener in certain instances, mm. um, but I always think back to a lot of things that I experienced at Target and I always pull that and bring that along with me. Um, because I do think that that's always important to me in regards to necessarily just like leveraging those experiences and like building upon those to really help me propel and move forward in my own career
1: yeah as you were talking i remember the day so you you referenced like training yeah and the funny thing is you were like yeah six to eight weeks right yeah. i'm like wait that's what <laughs> reminded me i started on target.com oh, and it reminded
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. me of the
1: first day when we were doing like omni channel yep, yep. i don't think we were calling it omni channel at the time i think yeah, we were yeah. talking about i think we were like talking about multi-channel. multi-channel yep and i i Think it was more like a merge between .com yep, and, yep, and stores. stores. So I came over to you guys' side, and I remember you were the first person. Like you were the first guy. I think I told you this story.
0: I don't know. Let's hear it. <laughs> no,
1: I just think you, so. You were the first person that I met. Uh, or you were the first person I saw. Oh in room
0: yes, yes.
1: When I came over to the store side, so yep. i was like, oh, we're the one? Right, where the right, 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 right. And I
0: was like, oh, there's
1: a brother over right, there.
0: Right, right,
1: right, right. <laughs> so, um, it just reminded me, like, um, uh, like how all that that happened, and from your perspective, um, as a business um, business process, mm-hmm. you, you understood more of the business processes because I came in as a dot com BA, right. And our training was a little bit different, I'm sure. Yeah. And less robust is what I mean. Right, right. And then also it was much more, um, I would say, tactical. Yeah. Less strategic. Yeah. So when you think about the the strategic um, lessons that you got from Target that you said you you brought you brought to Nike with you, yeah. What are some of those things that you learned from a fundamentals perspective that a young BA learns when they get to a corporation like that?
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think one of the biggest things that I learned is really just navigating the the space. Like building the relationships mm. and understanding, like how do you leverage like your skills and the team around you to move move the agenda forward? Uh, I think that was really something that was different because I think when you're in college, you're working with teams and you're working on projects together, but that the dynamics are very different. Um, I think when you get into the corporate space, um, it's on a whole different level in regards to. Like, how do we move forward as a team collectively? How do I bring in a, um, a, a a thought in regards to necessarily just like building this framework or building towards this project together? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's one thing I think back onto in regards to just the experience of navigating in the space. Because I think it can be really, really tricky. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, earlier on, it was hard to understand and I think you mentioned that in regards to like race like that's something that plays in that dynamic a little bit like as a black man as a black woman like you sometimes don't necessarily um it, it can be tricky to navigate that space and it's not like you're just like going to, to the right people or you don't always see someone that looks like you mm-hmm. so I think for me that's just one thing that I really was aware of and I think that played important piece is like leaning in on people that look like me and understanding their their backgrounds and understanding like how to navigate and work within this space specifically, um, so that I was being, you know, the best I could be, but then also like pushing us all forward together collectively.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't realize you were. Well, actually, I don't think we talked too much about your upbringing in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. So I would imagine I'm from Atlanta. So right. I'm thinking. It, of course, it's a culture shock for me, but I didn't right. realize how much it might have been a culture shock for you yeah. going from Michigan to mi- mi- Minneapolis.
0: Well, this is the interesting thing, too. So for me, like, while I was born in Michigan and that's where all my family is, like, mm-hmm. I was raised in Indiana. Like, here and there, like, the Midwest in itself is very similar in the regards to, like, just diversity. But I do think that it was a little bit of a, a culture shock in mm-hmm. regards of just, like, adapting. And not necessarily adapting to, like, fit in. It's more so just adapting to a new environment in the sense. And granted, like... Also went to a PWI so it definitely wasn't like my first point of contact with <laughs> with them by no means but I think I think in regards to just the dynamic of navigating the corporate space it's just a little different um, and I think that you know that's something that you have to have um, um sponsors like i think that's critical you have to have mentors to really help you navigate in that space and i will say i'm very fortunate enough to have a really robust group of sponsors mentors that have really helped me along the way and i think that you know um you can learn how to use excel you can learn how to build tools you can learn process you can learn how to strategize but building like um productive um quality, um, but also, I think a lot of times when people hear like mentorship and sponsorship, it sometimes can come off a little one-sided and it's not supposed to be that. It's just, just as much as you're gonna pour into me, I wanna be able to pour back into you as well. Mm. And I think for me, that's probably like the biggest thing that I've really learned Um, Or one of the biggest things that I really learned just really navigating the space because you're going to need that. You're going to need those advocates speaking about you on your behalf in the room when you're not there or when there's a role that's open or when, you know, someone's up for the next promotion or whatever it may be. Um, So I think that was something that I really had to learn earlier on in the career. Um, And even now, like, just in reverse, like, on the flip side, like, I try to to be that in return when I see younger... um, People coming into the organization, um, just leaning in on them um, or leaning in to help and support them in the best way that I can. You
1: know, at Target, there was such a, so on the BA side, there was such a, you know, BA, senior BA, buyer, or um, what was it, buyer? Like planning
0: manager. Right, there was such a track. Right. So,
1: as much as I think later in my career is when I started to utilize concepts like mentor, advisor, and understand who your sponsor is. But again, your track was a little bit different. So what was your experience finding a mentor and even leveraging a sponsor at Target before you ever went to Nike?
0: Yeah, you know, I think inevitably, like, really, of course, there's programs and um, more structured processes put in place to kind of form those relationships. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I personally find that for me my best sponsorship mentorship relationships comes just out of natural authenticness and organicness Mm -hmm. um and granted there there needs to be a level of structure for it to, to to exist um, because for some individuals, that's kind of how it works best for them in regards to like connecting and, and making those connections. Because a lot of times, like those those programs and those services, sometimes those individuals may have never come in contact with that person. So I definitely think for me, there's a balance. Mm-hmm. But in regards to my experiences at Target, it was more just like organic relationships of like meeting people, having conversations, common interest, mm-hmm. um, and just leaning in when I would meet someone and be like, "Hey, this is what I'm passionate about. This is really where I find." Um, where my interest lies like do you know anyone within your network and more, making it more of just like a relationship of just like I would like to get to know you I don't expect anything out of you because um, I think that's a lot of times too sometimes people it's all about your approach you know I think you know some people's approach can can come across one way where it's like if it's authentic and genuine and it's there's no expectation I think that that authentic organic relationship will form yeah yeah which is important <laughs>
1: I kind of feel like that's probably my strength—just keeping those organic relationships. You know well. I did not like the BA role, but right, right. I respected you so much because you—you you just seem to do your job with such ease. Right, and right. to hear you speak about the relationships piece, it just brings so much, like um, I would say, comprehension or. A whole, like a holistic view of who you are as a professional right, because right. I always saw you and I kind of envy like how well you did your <laughs> job. But I did the, the the talk. I loved coffee chats. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, that yeah. Was,
1: it wasn't even coffee chats. It was good to know good you. to
0: know you. you yeah, said. let's meet at the clock. <laughs> yeah, the great hall.
1: And I never felt like there was um, an underlying... It, there was never an underlying like motive. It was right. more so you can just get to know people. Absolutely. So when I first got to my next job, I actually tried to do that a few times and it didn't work so what do we need what are we here for
0: well you know it's interesting so uh, a colleague of mine at nike we both previously worked at target together um and i i started and then she came along maybe like five four or five months after i did um and it's always funny because we would like sidebar and be like what is going on here like this is different. Like, we're so used to, like, simple things. Like, we're used to eating lunch together as a team. Like, little things that you just get so accustomed to. And yeah. even something as simple as, like, statuses or touch bases and having to fill the format. Like, there's something about the culture there that I think that um, I've tried to pull into my organization. Um, just in regards, like, simple things. Because I do feel like the culture at Target was positive in the sense of, like, feedback. Um, w- whether it was Minnesota Nice or not, <laughs> I think that it really fostered a, um, a feedback-centric culture, yeah. and that's not always the case. Um, and even something simple as like the get to know you, the coffee chats, etc., taking a walk through like the the Skyways and stuff like that. Yeah. I think those are um, critical moments that I think back to, and I try and find ways to, if it's not already ex- it doesn't already exist where I am now, just kind of like creating that culture on my own because it brings peace and comfort to me because it's something I enjoy Mm. and I find that you know and even even there's been even examples that I've given to my team on things that we can do differently um just to kind of foster a different team culture Mm -hmm. of things that we did at Target so I'm always thankful for that because I think like while in that moment you're just like while we was walking (laughs) like how many more coffees chats do I need to get like how many more like and it's funny because you know certain people have their like skyway path where it's like they know how long it takes it's like 30 minutes and we're done yes. um, so little things like that i think were very like beneficial to get that exposure at that point in time in my life to really just understand um really kind of the organization i want to work for and things that i want to like ways in which i want those experiences to really shape my own identity as a professional as well as a person
1: i love it so I'm really re- uh, relieved to hear that you've tried to do the same thing at night. Yeah, I yeah. Just bring a few things and say, "Hey, this would actually help the culture." And I have um, I have clients who are in situations that are not necessarily from a jovial, like get to know you perspective, want right. to change the culture, but more like from a DEI perspective, Absolutely. where it's like you want to change the culture from within. So if you could touch a little bit more on like what was your experience, just from that perspective of trying to bring certain things to the the, to the team? And then how was it received?
0: Yeah. See, I, you know, it's interesting. I think that in my experience and how my approach, I think that I have a tendency of when I speak, people will listen and not in a cocky way or anything like that. I think I'm the type of person where I'll sit back, observe, take it all in. I'll, I'll think about it, analyze it, strategize on it. And then I'll come to the table with a like, hey, like I've noticed this. I know we're trying to achieve this goal, here's a recommendation. So I think I never want to be that person where I'm just coming in automatically just like change this, do this, do this, do that. I like to just sit back and just observe and listen um, and then offer up recommendations at that point in time. And I find that in my experience, it's been well received uh, relative to just being able to navigate that space and taking that approach. Because I never want to come off like, oh, you know everything or your experience at Target is like the best and no one else knows anything. And I, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. I just think that for me, when I when I go into situations, I just like observe and just think through the problem and say, like, well, if these are the pain points that we're all discussing, like, what can we do differently to get a different outcome or to get the outcome that we are hoping to achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that applies to whether that is just like on a project or something even deeper in regards to just like fostering a better team culture mm. um, and just establishing a different process. Mm.
1: So. so that's that's common knowledge. Yeah. I feel like, if, I feel like your response, like it's, it's common knowledge to observe before you start to point out problems. Like you have you to, say that. But, right. yeah. but that's why I say it's common knowledge. Right. But very often... Patience is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you, you actually being able to put that into practice, right. which a lot of people don't. Yeah. That's why I say it's yeah, knowledge yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: That's something very unique about you. Yeah. Because even in myself, I know that, like, I know that's common knowledge, but I'm, I'm such an activator. Right, right. I want to fix it. Like, you right. have to hire me because you want, you know they're going to tell you this needs to be fixed. It, I think
0: for me, I'm always very, like, and I've been this way since I was a kid, like, very self-aware mm-hmm. in regards to, like, perception and just, like, mm-hmm how to handle situations. And I think twofold, like not to bring this back to, to race, it's just like something else that we once again have to be mindful of and aware yeah. in just regards to like the perception of what's going to come off of what I say or how I act. So for me, I'm just always taking that approach to be mindful of the room, the audience, mm-hmm. um, because you know, especially within the organization, um, you don't know who's in the room at all times uh, or know the audience etc or you know especially with a lot of the work that I do um it cuts across so many different functions too, necessarily so while I may work with them on a project that may be one and done and I'm on to the next thing or vice versa so for me I'm just always like really just aware of the perception um that I'm putting into the atmosphere.
1: Yeah, well. it, it sounds like you also think more long term.
0: Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah yeah. Did
1: you think when you took your job at Nike that you were going to be there for eight years?
0: Oh six six. I've been there six, six years. years. Six. Yeah, six years. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be there for like thirty. We'll see. Really? <laughs> yeah. um, I don't. It, it's so crazy. Like because it's been six years, but it doesn't feel like it's been six years. Like it has flown by. Um... And I, I'm just fortunate to be in a space where you're able to blend purpose, passion. Um, and it makes it fun. Like I don't I don't I don't ever want to be in that place where I wake up and I'm just like, oh, I gotta go to work. Or yeah. well, like that's not healthy, that's not a good feeling necessarily to have. Um so yeah, like I don't know. I, I think that for me, I could I saw myself here for that long. It just doesn't feel like it's been that long. So even saying it out loud, it's like, whoa, six years. Like, that's a really, really long time. If you think about, like, that couple with my experience at Target, I'm like eight and a half, almost nine years of working experience post-college. And I'm like, where's the time gone? Yeah.
1: But But it should feel like that, right? Like, you don't give me... So you don't give me, I've been here
0: six yeah, years, Yeah, because it, it, it's, fu- it's fu- been fun. Like, <laughs> it's been, like, an enjoyable experience in regards to the places that I've lived, mm-hmm. um, the people that I've met, the things that I've gotten able to, like, been able to do through work um, and exposure as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, it just doesn't feel like it has been six years, but I'm, like, I look forward to the next six years and what, what's to come. Um, I think that, if anything, through this pandemic... I've just been thankful in the sense of um still being like still working for the organization mm-hmm. um in the midst of a, so much change like it's brought like some level of like calmness and consistency even though like the outside world maybe being a little difficult at the moment mm-hmm. um I think that that has been a nice like peace of mind yeah. just in the midst of like so many friends of mine losing jobs getting furloughed etc mm-hmm. um I think that that has just been like nice not to have to necessarily worry about that like yeah throughout all of that
1: I think it's amazing that you are still feeling refreshed and renewed every day go into to work and I know with 2020 being what it is right right um, right and still feeling like a bit of solace yeah that consistency It sounds like there's a lot to get into in just um, your your career at Nike. So people usually leave corporate America in order to to feel what a transition uh, looks like for them, to feel something new. And I'm curious to know, like, what were some of the major transitions you experienced just within Nike alone? Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank y'all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast. And thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: Yeah, well, you know, since I've been with the company, um, there's been a lot of transition that has taken place within um, the brand. Uh, in the midst of just like the, the dynamic and change of how consumers react and shop for the brand, um, there's been moments where there's been, um, things that the brand has stood behind that always hasn't necessarily been, you know, to some, um, things that they probably should have come out necessarily said. But I think them as an organization have realized, like, we have to stand up, um, and be present where where our consumers are and intersect in those moments. Um, Sometimes when it's unpopular or it's uncomfortable relative to just certain topics. Um, But I think like in the midst of the transition that necessarily has taken place that um, for me, it's just kind of been critical to realize, what was the question again?
1: The transitions that you've experienced while you're at while you're at you've been at one company, but you've experienced multiple transitions. One, it sounds like you were explaining the transition that Nike has gone through as a brand, where it comes to corporate responsibility. Right. Whereas before the company was just what it, you know, like mo- most companies were kind of operating in a space of as much as they have to in terms of social responsibility. Right, 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 right. And I can imagine you being at a company that is being more vocal in yeah. the community is a huge transition for the brand. So right. I think that's where you were going with Yeah, that.
0: and I think that's important in the sense of like being in a place where there's transition in regards to putting action behind mm-hmm. the words that we say and action in the communities mm-hmm. that we serve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and that being one thing. But then also, too, realizing that the landscape in which we exist in relative to just, like, the consumer has evolved and changed. There's more players in the mix now. You have the Amazons of the world. You have the different, you know, at-home tech companies of the world, etc. cetera. Um, and I think through that, we've always had to, or the organization has to always remain at the forefront to evolve and to innovate and, and to do all of those things and you know those things don't come necessarily easy I think those transitions create change in the work that we do um, and one one thing too about Nike it is a large matrix company so um, sometimes it takes a little longer to get certain things done necessarily and I think that's just the complexity in regards of being a 40 plus billion dollar company necessarily. Mm. But I think through those transitions always yields positive outcomes, even though in the moment you really can't see that. Um, even like right now, we're going through this transition phase where we've, they've outlined their, their newest strategy. And I think that, um, you know, it's always funny, like when you do your reviews at the end of the year, like people are always like, I embrace change. And I'm like, well, do you really embrace change in regards to like, your approach and how you say things is like, you know, sometimes you can quickly fall into a space of negativity Mm. and I'm like, well, do you really embrace change in the sense of like being open and receptive to it? Like, how do you, how do you do that? And I think that's important for me, like through this is just like understanding that the way, where we're headed in the direction relative to the the new strategy that the, the company's focused on, um, It's bigger. It's bigger than just like where we are now. It's like, this is a company that I love and that I am proud to work for. I want to make sure the company is around for the next 20 years, the Mm -hmm. next 40 years. So Mm -hmm. those transitions are going to come and go. And I think that, you know, they're for the right reasons. I think the time has evolved necessarily in regards to the the social responsibility and corporate responsibility, but even just regards to just like how we show up and in the communities that we serve as well has evolved as well. Yeah,
1: that's beautiful. It sounds like as the company is growing and changing, you're growing and changing.
0: Yeah, just trying to embrace it because I think that um, that's gonna happen wherever you're at. Like whether you're doing it on your own, you're being an entrepreneur like yourself or you're working in corporate America. Um, I think when when you're not changing, you're comfortable. And for exactly. me, I don't like really being comfortable because I find that that pushes me forward that you know I learn different, I learn more, um, it helps me evolve my way of being a professional, being a leader, et cetera mm. um, and I think that's for me, I just always embrace that as best as I can, mm. um, just because like i said like if you if, if I'm not evolving, then what am I doing like why, why would I want to do that so
1: you mentioned um, the consumer changing at Nike, and it really just it gives me. I'm curious from outside looking in. Yeah. Like I remember, I only worked with data. Right. I never worked with the client. Right. But right. And when you give lens to the different customers and how the consumer is changing at Nike, I'm just curious on a daily on a daily basis. Who do you interface with? It, you mentioned like the small tech companies, and yeah. then you mentioned entrepreneurs. But I'm, I'm sure you have a lot more like corporate but do you work more more do you work more b2b or do you also interface with customers so
0: interesting you ask that so with me the reason i really got recruited from target to come into nike is they were looking for individuals that had really strong planning backgrounds um and night and target does that they 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 lay the foundation where they're teaching you the ins and outs of the everything supply chain digital omni channel all that good stuff um And in coming to Nike, uh, I I was fortunate enough to be transitioned into our wholesale side of the business, which for me was different. I was so used to operating on the vertical retail side, like Mm. working with our vendor partners Mm -hmm. and then flipping that to then being actually the vendor working with our partners Um, which was unique in the sense of like okay this is a different feeling a little bit (laughs) Um, but I think it was key in regards that that relationship
1: I hate to, but is that because when you're at Target vendors are coming to you because they want to get on the show exactly
0: now you're you're going to them right you're going to them and be like I got this product (laughs) yeah so it was just a different change that was like okay this is this is different but also in the sense of just like planning like fundamentals too Um, something as simple as like just managing the open to buy like when you're at target as the BA, you're managing the open to buy when you're working with these wholesale partners you're influencing their open to buy you're you're making recommendations etc um so it's just it's a different way to approach it so the conversations while they're similar they're a little dissimilar in the sense but i think you're able to speak the same lingo but everyone has a different agenda like, you know, like I'm trying to land my stuff in your stores, whereas you just yeah. want more of my product in your stores. And yeah. you have to just like layer that in with data, um, layer that within just understanding what is the right thing necessarily to do. Mm-hmm. Cause there's only so much finite product that you can put out there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was like, that was super, like, this experience has been interesting The coming in on the flip side of things necessarily as well. Um, but I think through that, I forgot the question again. You
1: answered the question. Oh, okay. so, got <laughs> you know, so who do you work with on a daily basis? Oh, yes. And now I understand well, you work with...
0: <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, we're going to have to edit. <laughs> <laughs> we <We're> good. Um, <laughs> you,
1: are, you are literally giving so much information. I can just feel your brain, like, dumping all of it out. Yeah. Then, like, you're in your experience. So, like, what happens when we forget our thoughts? It's because we're immersed in, right, like, right, we're immersed right. in the answer. Right, so right, right.
0: No, oh, good.
1: Totally fine. Well, they,
0: um... <laughs> So, yeah. So with that, though, in the sense of like interaction, so being on the wholesale side of the business, uh, I work directly with accounts or an account specifically. Mm-hmm. I work with our largest account that we have, a strategic account in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, but internally, there's all different individuals mm-hmm. <laughs> that I work with. Um, and that's one of the things I appreciate a lot about the role that I'm currently in, um, and just it's very similar to a lot of the roles that I've had previously. It's just like working cross functionally with different people, whether that be in merchandising, whether that be in you know um, sales, planning, marketing, brand, communications, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, category. I think that that has been beneficial uh, relative to just like having the internal component of it but then the external relationships Mm -hmm. i think it's been like a nice balance um of being able to do that because i do know other organizations are kind of set up where it's dissimilar in the sense of if you're on the, the sales, quote unquote, side, you're only working with that account. You really mm. internally, you're kind of just like handed over projects or handed over the information. Mm-hmm. I think I do like the autonomy of um, having it be both ways, having internal relationships um, and then the external relationship, which was something that technically like at Target on the vertical side, it's just, it's just very different in the sense of like what that looks like.
1: Mm. So. I'm curious if you could help me out. And when so as I've been an entrepreneur, yeah. there's, there's limited data yeah, yeah. to like make a case for anything. And I'm a service-based business, so, right. but I can imagine product-based businesses have similar yeah. um, struggles. What you said that really intrigued me was going from Target to, to Nike. You went from, of course, people wanting to be on your shelf to having to influence their open to buy right. with data. And I know it's not just data, but data does tell the story about hey, this will allow you guys to do X, Y, and Z in your company. Right. But for an entrepreneur, like a, a product-based entrepreneur who maybe isn't doesn't have as much resources as a Nike does, how would they influence a person who's open to buy? Yeah, to say hey, you need my product.
0: Yeah, you know the interesting thing is that like while I do leverage data, because um, that that's key. I think there's a lot of other things that you can lean into, whether that is like macro trends, micro trends, just things that are kind of happening and taking place to influence those decisions. And granted, like in the space that I operate within in regards to just like product, like physical footwear, physical apparel, so much of that can evolve and change based off of a tweet. Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I think like the more you're connected to whomever you're trying to reach and the ways in which they engage, the more helpful it'll be for you. Because it's almost like if you know what's happening in real time or if you know what what the hottest topic is or the biggest trend is at that moment, you're able to then kind of pivot and leverage that and then speak that way to the, the people that you're trying to connect with. So for me, like I'm always trying to stay up, whether it's like podcast or blogs or do social media etc just different outlets necessarily to stay connected um to leverage because i think that's in this industry of you know footwear and apparel you things are always evolving and changing um so just as like i can have on these this black shirt and it's cool today tomorrow it cannot be cool at all so i just you always have to kind of like be in the know and know who the audience is that you're looking to engage with but then also like leveraging those like resources that are out there Mm -hmm. to then help uh create that demand or to kind of create kind of that that need for them to want to kind of buy into you necessarily
1: yeah absolutely the the tool that comes to mind actually now that i think about it for product-based businesses google trends
0: right yeah yeah yeah. the
1: best if you don't have data within your brand already about your items and the shelf space and productivity and stuff i think google trends would be a great place to start but as, even as a service-based business, what you're saying is stay connected to your audience. Yep. You have to be tapped into what the yeah. problem actually Absolutely. is. What is the community saying? So yeah. that makes a lot no, of sense.
0: No, I think you too, you like, even to my earlier point, like stuff is just always evolving and changing. Like mm-hmm. you need to be up with those, like up to, time, up to speed with that, those times because that's key, that's critical. You don't want to be offering a service or a product and it's like five years too late. Like <laughs> you, you need to be connected in regards to, um like if your purpose is you know self-help like well what are the latest trends what are the latest articles like what's going on i think even now like if you think through the lens of like self-help i think self-help in regards to how people how you engage with individuals has changed so much because of COVID. has changed so much because of like everything that has happened over the last year as well Mm -hmm. so i think like there's a lot of research that's probably out there relative to those topics that you just want to make sure that you as the entrepreneur, as the individual offering that service is, you know, connected. Or maybe you might even be that person educating others on like, hey, this is something to tap into because Mm. I've done the research or I've connected with these people and I can see this actually taking place because it's happening in real time as well.
1: Mm. Thanks, friend. I'm going to take that strategy back. I'm going (laughs) to see how I can um, revamp my own strategy. What I like to do is I'll read like Harvard Business Reviews yep. regularly and I do see trends, especially as like COVID has like changed the way people's anxiety is going yeah. on around their careers. Yep. That is definitely a thing. So but you just like put it in my mind now. Well, so yeah. I'm gonna add that to no,
0: it. I think it's so key, like s- something as simple as uh like just anxiety around returning to work. Like I feel like right exactly. now that is probably the biggest topic of conversation at a lot of companies and organizations. Um, like I I was reading something the other day and it was just like very astonishing, um, like estimates relative to the number of people that were willing to just like leave their job if they were, they were told to return to work. So I think there's something to that necessarily that it's just like, okay, well, how do we dissect this? Mm -hmm. And if that's my area of expertise, like how do I lean in to understand that differently? And how do I offer support and offer like, um, a service that really taps into something like that, if that's kind of the space that I'm in.
1: Yeah, I'm taking notes after this. I'm just gonna re-record this and then, yeah. like just kind of learn a little bit, soak it all up. So um, you're clearly wonderful. You're great at being a corporate employee, um, a loyal employee, and a great person yeah. all around. Like I Thank think your personality you. just—you found the right fit, like you said. Yeah. Um, so that's really right. Really, which is it's, it's such a
0: good, it's a really good feeling to to have that like I, we both have you know friends that don't feel the same way yeah. and you know like i think at the end of the day like we spend so much time at work with those people that you have to find comfort you have to find peace you have to find like appreciation mm-hmm. and you know if you're not getting that why stay like <sighs> And I think, you know, some people stay because of they have children, they have bills. And I understand that. But I think at some point that feeling of frustration and depression and that's not healthy. That's that's not healthy. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that like, yes, guess uh, I found my fit. And, you know, not everything's rosy. Like I have days, um, but I've never had that feeling of waking up and just being like, I hate it. Yeah. Like so, I would encourage anyone that is having those feelings or those doubts to really sit back and really reflect on like their purpose, what it is that they necessarily want to do, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to to go after that. Like, yeah, I think sometimes people just need the push for, for that to happen. And yeah, I think I think it's a beautiful thing when you're able to a find your fit or step out on faith and go somewhere else.
1: I, that's the, yeah, I love it. I love the way you said that. So before before corporate. Who was michael like in college did you were you like raised into this like did you know you were going corporate before you even
0: no went I, to college i uh, i think it was always like a passion like an interest for sure mm-hmm. um uh, it's interesting though because i was raised in a single parent household and my mother will always tell me like when i was when I, when I, when she was pregnant she had heard like you know the lord talking to her saying like keep him in church, keep mm-hmm. him in faith, keep him like rooted in, in these things and yeah. everything that he wants to do, he will become. So I really think that a lot of my mom's strength and dedication in the space of like her faith mm-hmm. really has afforded me to be where I am today. And you know, it's always interesting that people will always ask um, like, who inspires you or what motivates you? And it's it, it, I, always, I chuckle because it's like, I don't even have to like think about who motivates or who inspires me. And it's my mother. Yeah. Like I think seeing her dedication, her sacrifice really pushed me to, to, to make sure that I focused on my education to, to be able to get me where I am today. And I think that's something that has always just really stood by me is like her sacrifice, but then also her faith mm. um, which I think is important. I think without that, I don't know if that would have. I would be here today. Yeah. So for me, I'm just all, and I give her all the thanks for really getting me where I am. I think, and our household education was key. Like I didn't have. I only had. I had what three options? It was, and I'm sure you know. Go to college, (laughs) go to the Air Force, the Army, or get a job. (laughs) And that's just. (laughs) I'm not going to. (laughs) I'm not going the military. I want to get a really great job, so I'm going to go to college. And you know, I think like her um, instilling that in me and this everything else was was critical. But even, too, my, I have two childhood best friends um, that actually live here in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. I think that we all have very similar um, similar upbringings relative. Like, while they weren't necessarily raised their entire life in a single parent household, eventually we all shared single parent households mm-hmm. um, with strong black women in our life. Mm-hmm. And I think not only was it my mother's, like, dedication and faith and sacrifice, it was my two best friends as well. Mm -hmm. I think we all pushed and inspired each other to be great, to do great. And we made sure we held each other accountable when it came to education and and all those things. And it's great to then have two best friends that came from similar situations relative, um, but to all be doing the things that we love like living our passions and purposes in life. Mm-hmm. And I think because of them it was just like nice to have that. It was just like I didn't want to I didn't want to veer off into a different path because I knew that we were all in this together as well. I love. Yeah. It. I Which love is it. you don't really you don't hear a lot of those stories in regards to like
1: I've gotten so many questions about this brand, and I'm super excited to share that this episode is sponsored by Black is Wealth Clothing. Now, Black is Wealth was created to inspire and empower our culture to tap into our wealth. Now, when we talk about wealth, we're not just talking about financial wealth. We're talking about the strength, resilience and brilliance that lives inside of all of us. Now, by tapping into our wealth, we can create any form of wealth that we desire. So if you like this shirt or any other shirt that you've seen me sport on my Instagram or any other any other platform, then go check them out at com. I love this one and y'all are gonna love it too now let's get back to the episode
0: that so for me it's just always something I'm very like thankful for and proud of as well and I'm proud of them
1: you don't hear you, well what what I don't hear a lot of stories of is one single mothers like there's an array of right. children who grow up from single mothers and different experiences right mine would be completely different than right. yours but then there's also what we don't hear is the three friends who stick together like you know the wood um, right. like, yeah, 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 I love those moves, yeah. yeah. But, like, but how often do you really right. that in real life right. so to have three friends who consistently have mothers who push them to be whatever yep. the best they can be and then I can only imagine what their careers look like but if they're at all of a match to yours there's yep. three black men out there who are c- consistently going to what they believe yep. and, and that foundation really to me, I think that's, now I understand a little bit why i I've, I've kind of, uh, not even envious, I just respect what you bring, it's like yeah. you have a certain st- stability yeah, yeah. about you, a certain grounding about you and that comes yeah from, from that yeah I, 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 it
0: comes from like my family my mom my sisters yeah. and my best friends i think that very fortunate to, to have them they're, they're brothers like i have while well, i have two other older sisters there's a huge gap in age so these are like literally my brothers that i grew up with that i've known since like daycare um so it's really it's always nice to like have each other rooting for each other's success mm-hmm. um and we're all literally living in our passion and purpose like yeah. one works with an it the other works in the radio and i'm working within you know sneakers but in apparel and nike so for me i just like i love that we're all able to do that and that um we are able to see each other win mm-hmm. and push and motivate and inspire and I think that through that, I'm, that's why I think when it comes back to the earlier topic relative to just, like, mentorship and sponsorship, I know that all experiences are not a created equal, but, like, how could I be that rock or that, you know, how could a young black man, a black boy, see me as something to, you know, to, to aspire to absolutely. in a sense? And if I can support and do that, I would love to. I want to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask... Um how you knew business was gonna be your route, which is still, I'm still curious about that. But what I'm more curious about is <laughs> your <laughs> it's just, it's your passion for shoes. Yeah. Which was definitely a thing when we were at Target. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now, so I have to understand how did this shoe passion develop as a kid?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I grew up like, my mom's really big into sports. So we just, I grew up watching a lot of basketball um, and always there's just like a Michael Jordan fan. Um, and I just remember being like, I just really like those shoes. So we would go and buy new shoes every now and then. And then, and when I got into, um, high school, I started working at finish line. Mm. And then that passion just kind of took it to a whole nother level where I would be like camping out, entering the raffles, collecting shoes, et cetera. Um, and I think it just kind of came for like the appreciation of like Michael Jordan himself and just like sports. Um, but even just like the Connection. I feel like there's like, there's credibility in regards to like what you have on your feet in a lot of ways, that you could you could literally be wearing sweatpants and you could have the flyest kicks on and you'll get stopped and be like, what are you wearing? Where did you get those from? And for me, that there's some like emotional connection there, and also too in the sense of like. I can remember where I bought the shoes, when I bought them, why I bought them, or, like, I can remember the story behind them, the detail in regards, like, oh, Michael Jordan wore these when he was sick, or he, he uh, jumped from the free-through line, and the, these shoes specifically, so, like, for me, there's, like, the story behind it, and there's, like, this emotional connection that I don't think a lot of people... Will, can understand if you're not in in it like that and it's it's at the point now where I'm like 300 plus probably almost 400 pairs of pairs of shoes so it, it's it's truly like do we need no, to- no 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 but it's just like I love I love the sho- I love shoes which yeah. um at some point I'm going to have to like get an entire house for I them shoes.
1: I mean, yeah. Or oh, you could give them away if that. Mm, no, okay,
0: no. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe be next time. Some other ones.
0: Some other ones. Yeah. Oh
1: man, I'm laughing so much because as you explain the the prestige and and the way a good looking shoe can get you noticed. Yeah. My mind went straight to if you don't have. Oh,
0: them, absolutely. What are those? What are <laughs> those? Right. 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 So from yeah, I think that that's like it's interesting to see that like how much um in, in certain sense like how much credibility individuals can receive because of it yeah. um but I, there's just something about it that i've been like in like in love with for so long necessarily mm-hmm. um but yeah i just love shoes
1: i love it oh. now you said you were tied to not only just the shoes like they look good right but then also michael jordan's career And then you also have um, an interest in in sports. So did you play sports when you were younger?
0: Yeah, so I played football a little bit Um, (laughs) when I was younger. That was like the extent of it. More of like, I like to watch, attend actual physical events and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just like, for me, it just always goes back to like, just watching it. Like that connection or physically going to the game as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah.
1: So when is the turning point or I guess the decision point come for you when it was like as a kid you had to pick a major right. there a time where you have to de- kind of decide what your life is going to be about how did you decide business was going to be the route and even though you ended up in business and sports and shoes right. which is like a crazy divine intervention type right. thing Uh, How did you make that decision in the moment?
0: Yeah. So (laughs) actually, when I went to school first, I was a pre-dental like human biology major. So Mm. I originally thought I wanted to become a dentist. And then I quickly, surely Mm. was just like, I don't know if I want to be in school eight to ten years. I was like, I kind of want to be able to um, graduate and, and live my life and yeah. do something meanif- meaningful that I'm really truly passionate about. And okay. business just kind of felt like just a natural progression and kind of pivoting in that direction, um, which I think, which, which I'm very thankful for in the sense of um, being able to like kind of, once again, like bridge the things that in a different way, like bridge all these things that I'm passionate about, whether that be like sneakers and sports okay. and footwear and all that stuff. And I think that that was very critical to realize that. Like, granted, I didn't know that at that point in time, I didn't know it was going to bring Nike. But what I did know was that I wanted to blend those things at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And ironically, it just all stemmed back to meeting that that recruiter at that one point in time and just kind of changing what my original plan I thought was going to necessarily be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, like, I think that those moments of, change or those moments of just like the unknown for me I've found to be the most rewarding um so I'm I'm thankful for that
1: yeah so where were you headed like where were you he- gonna go in- instead of yeah tri-
0: so I was gonna move to Michigan yeah. and work at Chrysler
1: Chrysler yeah so their corporate Qatar. office
0: yeah their corporate offices there
1: I can't imagine like the oh, well I had I don't know anyone at, at Chrysler but the inventory strategy is different yeah like, everything
0: would- And even then, it wasn't even, like, a traditional... The, the, the opportunity that came about there, it wasn't really, like, a traditional, like, planning mm. type of role or anything like that. It was more traditional in the space of, like, sales mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm, like I said, like, I'm, I'm just thankful for meeting that recruiter in that moment in time and just really completely changing everything I thought was going to be taking place. Um, I think that, like... I've learned so much throughout that journey, that it's been mind blowing to kind of to like to 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 live in it, but then also to like press pause and then like reflect on like the things that I've gotten to do, the places that I've gone, the people I've come in contact, the network, my friends, etc. And I think like I think back to like all of our friends in in Minneapolis, and I'm just like I'm so thankful for that because it just really has continued to really shape and define me as an individual, Um, which is key, which is key, because we talk about work and it's like, okay, yes, maybe, 50% of my time is at work, but what about the other 50%? Like, what am I getting out of those friendships and those relationships um, that are still shaping who I am with inside the organization?
1: Yeah. You know, the biggest thing, I'm just going to say, I think one of the biggest things that probably shaped your your career at Target
0: was (laughs) Was Sunday Sunday. (laughs) dinner. (laughs) Absolutely. I I love those Sunday dinners. I think that it was really nice to find, like, family in a place that typically like in regards to like diversity wasn't like the most prominent there necessarily in Minneapolis like they like to say they're diverse but as you know it's a it's a different different vibe that within that that space um so for me I'm just I'm thankful for that and I think back to like when it came to the decision of me leaving Target to go to Nike I wasn't I wasn't sad to leave Target I was sad to leave my friends yeah which is which is a different feeling it was just like I knew that Nike was going to be a great transition and a next space for me to go into. Mm-hmm. But we had established such great bonds and friendships that I was like, wow, like, I'm sad to be leaving this more than anything. Because it's like, yeah, I'm going to pick up and move to New York and meet people. But that relationship and bond that we've established was nice to have there in, that, in, in Minneapolis specifically at that point in time.
1: And I was right behind you, too. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was like, oh, is about that time. Right, Five right, days right, days breaking
0: up. right. But
1: you know what's, what's interesting? Um, I think that was a really, for me, I have family. Of course, we, we wouldn't be here if we didn't have family, but it was such a familial experience because... Right. Hey y'all, let me tell you about my friends at Run The World Clothing. Run The World is a community empowerment brand that chooses to educate on black history, black culture, and black radical thought through apparel and experiences. Run The World is a vessel to celebrate the black experience for our black people and our allies. And I have on one of their latest pieces from this season's collection. So if you haven't seen Run The World Vix episode on the Work and Play podcast, go check it out or go to their website to check out some of their apparel. Now let's get back to the episode. We all have such different personalities, right? right? right. And I think at some point everybody's going to get to know every single one of that that tribe. No, right. 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 that be good. Podcast. But we all, each and each and every one of us had different po- uh personalities. And I think we truly had to learn each other. Like it was yeah. like we learned each other as family. We accepted each other as family, and we've gone through a, a lot. lot of like, you know, yep. emotional trials as friends um so for for me watching you leave this was definitely like i was already like figuring (laughs) out right right right. indication right right that okay it's my turn and then i just thought everybody was gonna go but you know i think everyone has their own um timeline but what what i just thought about was um the times that i was I don't even remember the specific timing, because, but I know I was, I left right after you. Yep. There was such a there was a lot for my to my story to leave and go to my next company, but I remember you helping me like almost every night with yeah, my yeah. interview yeah, strategy, yeah. and that was so helpful yeah. for me. Like, do you find that like interview interviews are like your your strength now because you really helped me? and I think that's probably is what helped me tell my story yeah. and, and learn how to get really comfortable right. with like being strategic in that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, it's interesting in the sense of, I feel like by I find, I find comfort in sharing my story. And I think for me that if, if no one, if, if I'm not gonna boast about myself and talk highly of my accolades, mm-hmm. then who else is? And I think it's all about like really how you articulate it and how you're able to craft your narrative to really illustrate you, you as an individual, you as a professional. Uh, And I I think for me, like a lot of that stems back to um, just like jobs that I had throughout like high school and college, where you just naturally had to just become comfortable talking to completely strangers. So I think for me, when it comes into interviewing and really sharing and highlighting who I am as a professional, it just becomes natural. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think like throughout school, just learning kind of how you answer the questions and what the, what, the, what they're looking for, but then also how to craft your, your resume specifically mm-hmm. for, for the jobs as well. And I think that through that has really just made me as an individual just really comfortable going into that space of really being able to help friends, family, whomever uh, prepare for interviews, but then just naturally feeling confident and comfortable as well, articulating like the work that I've done because I'm proud of it. like. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing it's not I don't ever I'm always intentional to like I don't it's not to come off like across like oh arrogant or you know it all it's more so just to highlight who I am as an individual mm-hmm. and I think at the end of the day like my work will speak for itself my sponsors my mentors will be able to speak to it Mm -hmm. um so that it all is like an understanding of like this is who michael is Mm -hmm. this is the work that he delivers this is the professional and leader that he is on this team etc um so yeah so for me it's just like naturally i'm just like comfortable with it but i think that there's been training of course within school and just like going through the process. Like I feel like once you've gone through them so many times, you're able to just like critique and edit and refine and that you're able to just master kind of what you're comfortable with. And I will say on the flip side internally at Nike, um, we have these things called like one pagers that you can create, which you essentially you, well, you can share showcase in interviews or you can share when you're kind of getting to know people or, or you know, wanting to just like do this like exploratory kind of meeting with them. Um, but there, for me, I've just found a way to articulate it in a manner that's comfortable for me that is creative in the sense of, well, this is very fitting of you because it's both personal and it's professional as well.
1: Yeah, so. I miss hanging out with you every day because I think <laughs> it wouldn't be so uh, like I would be able to be around you all the time and get right. this energy all yeah, the yeah. time. But now it's just so so here and that here and here and then I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying <laughs> to say. but um, I'm usually the person that's that's doing that. So it, it definitely feels good to be able to take that off and right. be around someone who's so uh, like who thinks on their toes like yeah. that. Um and yes, at Nike I know you've actually gone through a bunch of so you have the one pager to have those informationals, but yep. you've actually had to pitch yourself three or four times in your Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Being at Nike. Yeah. So I wanna get into that but yeah. first that transition of leaving one corporation to the next one, a lot of people never experienced that. Yep. So what was that like for you to start to um buy for a new role? Yeah. While you're in a while you were at a company and then negotiate a salary to get into the new Yeah,
0: company? yeah. You know I think like, for me, it was an interesting kind of space to, to, to go down. I think I'm fortunate enough that I had a really great friend um, that worked for Nike. Um, and it was nice to kind of have some like inside scoop relative to like what the individuals were looking for um, to really kind of help me understand, like, if it was a right fit for me personally as well. And I'm always thankful for that, I think, in regards to kind of the transition and preparing. At that time, the planning organization at Nike was so new. So they were heavily looking to recruit from places like Target and Macy's of the world um, where they knew they were going to be getting some top talent that just really understood retail planning and just retail in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, going into the process, I just made sure to be able to articulate a lot of the things and projects that I worked on. And I truly feel like Target really prepared me to come into Nike and just like hit the ground running uh so I'm I'm thankful for that as it relates to like the process it's interesting because originally I was slated to be going to Portland to Oregon and it was going through the process and everything and it was it started to slow down a little bit and I was like okay this is you know like we all like this is frustrating like what's going on like you just want to know like tell me now um and it took a little bit longer and then ironically the recruiter reached out and was just like hey like We actually have an opening in new york um this process with the oregon job is taking a little bit longer like how do you feel about that Mm -hmm. and i was like whoa like once again like you're telling me that you're going to send me to new york and there's just another opportunity and i was like i'm all for it so it was really nice to like once again from a personal and professional standpoint like new york i would think out of all the places i've lived thus far like new york was probably the most transformative one to date both from a personal and professional standpoint, you just, I just learned a lot about myself there. Um, But yeah, so going through that process, I just made sure to really articulate uh, a lot of what they were looking for, to really upsell those strengths. And then, you know, inevitably, they, they gave me the offer. And I think that what I tell people relative to this offer is to digest it, write down everything that's important to you, whether it's something as simple as like, what's, I have, a, I have a car, like mm-hmm. What what's going on with this? Or like, you know, are you going to ship it? Or what what that, what, what it may look like or what may happen there? Mm-hmm. Or I have an apartment lease or, and so forth. And for me, I, th- I just wanted to like take in all the information that they received. And of course, you know, I, I am from the school of like, you always counter offer mm-hmm. um, necessarily in regards to some of the terms. And I think, you know, you shouldn't be afraid of doing that. I think you just have to make sure that you are very clear on why you're demanding that necessarily what experience you're coming with um understanding maybe it, it, may, it may be to um account for you know different expenses that you know they may not be aware of necessarily that you are you know you may be on the line for so I always encourage people to like take the information in once they provide you with the offer letter let it sink in and just think about it and i would say nine times out of ten people that are already um that get to that stage where they're thinking about it they already have their list put together of why like because you know they're always most people are always going to be like okay well i need more because of x y and z or mm-hmm. this is my request because you know hey you're you're sending me to new york and i don't need a car there and then so, that was something that happened in my case mm-hmm. so i always encourage people to just like don't be so quick to just say yes just process it. <laughs> let it soak in and then come back to them
1: do you recommend people also or how do do you recommend there be a difference in counter offering whether you're going from an external company intern to a new company or if you're going up the ladder yeah
0: yeah you know i think that um i think either or is acceptable i think internally there's probably a little bit more reasoning um, relative to what they're offering necessarily that's rooted in kind of like fact relative to like pay range, pay band, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it hurts to ask questions, I think. And one thing that has recently really changed at Nike is really the transparency around pay Mm. um, and being able to disclose like, hey, you're in the middle of the range, you're at the high end, or this is like kind of the range within the pay code. Mm. So I'm thankful for that because I think that helps have those productive kind of healthy conversations that I think all organizations should really have because at the end of the day people want to be paid for the work that they do um but I think like there's nothing wrong with asking those questions if you're moving getting a promotion internally Mm -hmm. I think that like I'm fortunate enough to work for organization where the the transparency is something that they discuss more a little bit um so I say ask 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 Ask, yeah
1: yeah so your mom is Clearly a praying woman. I don't know if you would be where you are today. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So do you vision board? How do you manifest things spiritually? What does your practice look like?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm not big, like a big vision board person. I think for me, I typically would just like take notes, like on my iPhone, like on the notes page. And just say like, these are things that I want to get after. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just track towards those. I think that... um, I have a, a good support system of friends, you know, that I'll pull in on, on certain things and just like, hey, this is something that I'm really wanting to, to focus on and like help me understand this or hold me accountable Uh, Because I think that's key. A lot of times if you don't pull in your tribe or your community.
1: Hey, guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe, subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below. So I know what other things that you want to see next. Now, let's get back to the episode.
0: Um, sometimes you naturally can kind of like get comfortable and get relaxed and kind of just fall off course a little bit. Um, but I think for me, like I try to, to really keep myself accountable by tracking those type of things via notes (laughs) i love it tracking um
1: and then mom spirituality definitely helps i would imagine the back and forth keeps your faith strong yeah and just knowing that you'll be okay
0: yeah that that and then just like my like my two best friends earlier that we discussed like that relationship and just seeing us each and all of us succeed really keeps me motivated and just my all my friends in general honestly i think i love what you're doing i love what all our friends are doing i think that that inspires me to like keep moving forward whether it's like things i'm doing within nike or things that i choose to do outside of nike as well just in my own personal life yeah
1: i can't i can't imagine me inspiring you because no. you, you definitely uh, you give me you gave me like um parallel
0: vibes. I'm like, what would life look like if I actually it? <gasps> right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know you you you've been able to step out on faith and do something that a lot of us are probably afraid to do. There's comfort in working at a large corporation mm. because you have the benefits, you have the the, the perks, you have the pay, yeah. the incentives, and you know it's it's interesting because like a lot of times people refer to it as like the golden handcuffs where sometimes you feel like I have to stay because I'm getting stock options, or I have to stay because of this. Mm. And I think there's something beautiful about the fact that you're just like, I want to step out on faith and do something that makes me happy. Mm. And, you know, I think that at some point, we all may do that. Like,
1: Well, you said it, I think you said it in the beginning, which which really, it it demystifies the decision um, that I took, which was to take the lead, right? Mm-hmm. Because the difference is, it's like, if you find yourself in a position where you don't like what you're doing, or it does, it's not a good fit, then you have to make decisions, which I do believe that there's that half of the population who aren't making that decision right. that I'm the pusher for. Right, <laughs> I'm right, the pusher, right. right? And I always ask a lot of questions to make sure there are people like my friends, like you, to make sure that you're not complacent and you are happy and to hear that right. happiness it, it just kind of allows me to not push, right? Right? And right, right. There are other friends of mine who are really happy, and they're in a great fit and in a company that works for them. Right. And if they decide that they're going to leave, I'm always like, I'm always in favor of the push, right? Right, right, right. But I right. love hearing you being happy you also identifying as a man right outside of the brand outside right. of the company right like right having your own identity is what matters to me so you kind of summed it up in the beginning meaning like knowing like always thinking about reflecting on who you are and then either there are those who take that leap of faith or and there are those who kind of excel up the ladder and right it doesn't have to be golden handcuffs if it doesn't feel like you're you know being right
0: right right Right. and you know i think that like something that's key is like it's a moment in time like that could change like things could always evolve in my life um that would maybe change that perspective or make me have to take a step back and really reflect and say like hey i need to really reevaluate this a little bit more because i know that there's something else greater out there for me that i need to kind of explore Mm -hmm. a little bit so i will say like where i'm at today all those things stand true so yeah
1: Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So I think, um... We've gotten really, really deep down into your, your career story, and even though you've had many transitions within your company, yeah. there's one other transition. You are going to grad school yeah. at some point, so yes. we're going to have to get into that yes. for sure, but I think part
0: two. <laughs> all right, yeah.
1: part two of your conversation will will definitely help others who see themselves in you right. and are already inspired by what you've shared today, because yeah. there are so many people who just want to get into Nike as it is. right? But to get into Nike and be great is right. a whole other thing. Right,
0: absolutely.
1: So, um, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. One of the things that I like to do on the podcast is uh-oh. reach back. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> nothing to it's no, uh oh. I like to reach back as we move forward. So, as you move forward, you're going to experience so many other great and wonderful things. You're going to find other mentors, other sponsors to help you get to where you want to go. So, I never want to forget the people who are out there listening to your story right, right. now. And they need some insight to figure out what do they need to do. Right. And if they're in a place where they should continue to go up into the ranks or into a new company, how do they need to move to make their next step? So if you can think about someone along the journey that you have checked along already and wherever they are, wherever they might be feeling a bit stuck and not, not, not necessarily know how to make their next step. What would you, what, who would that, like not even who would that be specifically, but when you look back at it. What would you say to that person to help them navigate to, you know, their next level of greatness?
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a a really, really great question. I think a few things come to mind. I think for me, a lot of it just goes back to just faith. Like, I think that that's important to remember who you are and what you bring to the table I think that if you're already in the room or in that space, you're there for a reason. Mm. So you should never discount that. I think you have to be willing to, you know, stand in your truth and be comfortable in that. Um, and, you know, once again, from that, then pull in those people to help you navigate it if you're having trouble within, within doing so. But I think like just understanding your, your, your level of authenticity and your level of owning who you are as an individual personally as well as professionally is key. Uh, And then even on the flip side, it's just like a little bit back to like the mentorship and sponsorship, like those those sponsors and mentors are there for a reason Mm -hmm. to really help you navigate in that space. So I think, you know, when you're finding yourself in those spaces where you're feeling a little disconnected, call on them, like leverage them, use them as a sounding board. But I think, too, is that you don't want to stay in that space of negativity or defeat. You want to be able to propel yourself over it and, and get past it. So I definitely think like couple with your faith being authentic to whom you are as an individual um, and knowing you are that person and that you're there for a reason and leveraging those individuals that are in your network.
1: Mm, Well, there you have it. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in, in corporate America going up the corporate ranks. I think that is great feedback for anyone to get the most out of their career trajectory. So, if you have heard anything special within this story, um, I totally recommend you connect with Michael. So, Michael, how can they actually get in, t- in t- contact with you or follow your journey? Yeah. If they are interested in, in learning.
0: <laughs> well, you know best, like I'm on this sabbatical <laughs> of social media. Okay. So right now, the only place you really can find me is on LinkedIn. Just Michael Conley. Um, I'm sure you'll see the Nike call out there. Um, but that would be the best way. Um, Also, email address is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, last name Conley, conley one at gmail.com.
1: There you have it. So thank you guys so much for listening to this awesome, awesome episode of the Work and Play podcast. Thank you for watching as well um michael's information will be in the description below and hopefully we can get him for a, a live a replay on linkedin live if it's not going to be on instagram right yeah right?
0: yeah i'm down <laughs> i'm down for that
1: thank y'all so much for listening and watching until next time peace out